What's good, everybody? Welcome to the Mid-State 48 for week number nine. That's Scott. I'm Chris. We are missing Tom again this week. But good news is he's feeling better and should be back with us next week. Absolutely. Uh, and he was sorry he couldn't make it, but uh, just thankful that uh, he's back well and on the mend. And, yep. between, well, mended. Between illness and moving, though, it's kind of been a rough couple of weeks for him. But he's, yeah, he's well, in there. He's, he's getting everything straightened out. So Yeah, move, moving will make you sick. Um, yes, well, yeah, I've done it 13 <laughs> times. So, yeah, it may, it may make you physically ill. It will. Well, here we are, week number nine. Uh, everybody coming back from fall break. Well, some teams still on fall break this week. A lot of teams had fall break last week, so a lot of a lot of teams not playing. Some shorter schedules, but still some good football. As we saw Thursday night, especially at Oakland, the Patriots oh. survive again against a Division II contender with CPA coming in there, taking him to the final play of the, of the game and. Oakland's defense holding him out. Yeah, I think that it was a very, very good thing that Oakland had these two teams on their schedule. Well, I'm sorry. They had one team on their schedule, schedule the other one in CPA. Uh, you know, these teams are so good for them to be able to play teams that they can hone themselves against and not just beat up on. And I think in, in that regard, um, it, it really did well. Uh, it, it made Oakland do some things that they weren't accustomed to, uh, made them come from behind, things like that, that they that uh, just builds confidence uh, in the Patriot program. Yeah, and truthfully, it's got to build confidence in uh, CPA's program, too. They took Oakland. Uh, it could, really could have gone either way. You know, yeah. you're two yards away from winning it. It's a bad taste in your mouth, sure, but uh, – you know, that's something to remember as you continue on the season into the playoffs. You know you know what it feels like to come up just short of your goal. So I think that uh, it was a great, great game, and I think it was great for both teams. Yeah, it, it, the thing, too, with CPA had a couple of turnovers, including one of the one-yard line where they were they thought they had gotten into the play before, and then the fumble exchange on the next snap cost them a possession, and – you know, 28-24, it could have been a lot different had that had that possession held up and they scored on it. So, yeah, a lot of good things from CPA, especially offensively, because they were able to run the ball down Oakland's throat. Most teams can't do that, but CPA's offensive line is really built for that type of game. And so when we get to that CPA Lipscomb Academy game in two weeks, that's going to be a contrast in styles and, and a battle up front to really see who dominates that line of scrimmage because it's going to come down to that. Both these teams can score. We've seen it. But which line is going to be better up front? And that, that I think I think CPA was better up front against Lipscomb than against Oakland than Lipscomb was. I agree. I think that they were much better up front than than Lipscomb was. Um it's it's really going to be an interesting game because quite frankly, I think Oakland uh you know, exposed both of them uh, on some things and, and showed showcased what they do well on some things. And uh, Lipscomb's going to be, you know, can Lipscomb throw the ball against CPA's defense? Can CPA run the ball against Lipscomb's defense? Because that's what it's going to come down to, I think. Yeah. Um, it really is going to be uh, an interesting, interesting matchup when they actually do play. Yeah, and when – 
we talk about the top teams in the state. Obviously, Oakland is is number one in that conversation. But Lipscomb and CPA have got to be right there, two and three. Maybe maybe apologies to McCauley, possibly, for being in the conversation as well. But these three teams really have set themselves apart from everybody else. Yeah, Summit, though. Summit also. Summit has, has right. also uh, staked their claim. But we won't know. It, you know, they, they, it's, it's kind of hard to put them in that conversation like you're doing because they haven't played each other. Right. Uh, whereas CPA and Lipscomb and Oakland will all three have played each other. Yeah. Uh, and so I understand what you're saying. Uh, and I agree. I, and then I, at the same time, you know, Lipscomb Academy goes on the road last week and beats a pretty good Knoxville Catholic team 44 to nothing. So, you know, these AAA teams, they're not stacking up at Lipscomb Academy either. So, you know, in this discussion, I mean, Maybe Macaulay, but then really everybody else. And I don't know. It's Lipscomb Academy and CPA have done the job to put themselves in the conversation of the best team of the state, at least behind Oakland. And now Summit has not played the schedule that these two teams have. They are a very good football team and deserve a shot. But as far as what we've seen on the field so far. If, if Summit can get to the final game or they can get to the matchup against Oakland, I want to see, uh, it. and then then uh, I, then you can really put them in that conversation. That is that is the ideal championship game matchup, really. If we're talking about a, a top team, because Summit versus Oakland, that's what I want to see. I want I want to see those two go head to head in the championship game because I think that's honestly going to be the best triple six A championship game possible. Uh, just my personal opinion. I think it's those two that need to play each other. I hope they I want to see that game for a lot of reasons because of the talent on both sides. And considering the fact that they're both uh, in our coverage area, it doesn't hurt anything. We've seen them. Sure. Uh, we know what they're capable of. So, yeah, it's the game I want to see as well. Yeah. yeah. It's unfortunate that, that Summit's schedule didn't fall like Oakland's did. I mean, it's nothing, nothing to get Summit, but it's just the way that their schedule was. It just didn't, it didn't fall where they were playing another out-of-region game. That was right. quite like Oakland's. So sure. Still, still really, really good, uh, really good discussion about some of the top teams in the state. And that's going to go on for a while too. And, you know, once we get down to December and, and who's in Chattanooga, we'll, we'll prove it on the field. Right. So, so you were at page on Fridays against, uh, against Nolensville and Jake McNamara had a night. Yeah. He had himself a game. Uh, yeah, wonderful atmosphere out there. It was uh, homecoming. Uh, they had uh, uh, the blackout out there. Uh, both teams showed up. Nolensville uh, brought their people. So it was a really lively atmosphere. And, you know, the fireworks were really out there on the field, quite frankly. Uh, you know, you mentioned Jake McNamara. He's 20 for 30, 313, four touchdowns. Um but Nolansville showed me something too. Colby Walton, Ben Coggin, uh, they matched them pretty much uh, in the first half, shot for shot. Uh, really, what uh, and Coach Paul Derrick, uh, Nolansville coach, will tell you. The really the, the biggest thing was that they hurt themselves. Yep. Um, you know, they took the first drive, went down the field, and then they get to make a stop on uh, Page. And they shank a punt, give Paige the ball at the 10-yard line. I mean, those are the things you can't do. Penalties, they had the ball inside. Uh, um, Paige had the ball right before the half. Paige drives inside and then uh, get about 
uh, three procedure penalties and a holding penalty take them out of scoring range, and then they have a, a silly unsportsmanlike penalty, moves the ball back in the next play, Page scores to go up. Uh, two scores at at half. So it was things like that that Nolansville, they're just not playing disciplined ball. They have all the talent in the world. Um, you know, Paige did a good job of uh, stopping Samuel jo- uh, Samson Johnson. Uh, aside from his, uh, uh, yeah, um, you, you wanted know. to call him Samuel uh, Jackson for a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. So, Samuel L. Johnson. Uh, no, uh, Samson <laughs> Johnson. They did a good job of stopping him outside of his opening twenty-six yard run. Uh, they did a really good job. But Coach uh, Rathbone will tell you that their defense did not play well. That uh, they have work to do on defense because, quite frankly, had it not been for those uh, problems that Nolansville had, and the fact that Jake McNamara just played his tail off, um, you know, it's a, it's a different game. Uh, the offensive line played better. I know that was a weakness earlier in the season, but they played played much much better. Um, and coach uh, Coach Rathbone said there's really thanks to Ethan Cunningham, their sophomore running back, who's really kind of brought those offensive linemen together. Um, so, yeah, a great night. But, let me, you know, we wondered what happened. I asked Coach Rathbone what the difference between Jake last year and Jake this year was. And he said about 2,500 reps. You know, yeah, the fact that they didn't have the offseason, he said Jake's always capable of this. Uh, he did a great job of, of uh, extending plays and finding uh, receivers spread it out. So uh, he's definitely for real as quarterback. Colorado State commit. Um, they're going to get a good one. Cass got a heck of an arm. Yeah. No, we talk about you know how Summit has transitioned so well to 6A. Nolansville essentially took their place in 5A, and that transition has been a rough one for them. Offensively, there's a ton of talent on that team, but defensively they have not been able to stop anybody, and that's been their big Achilles heel all year. Yeah, that and uh, that and uh, yeah, like you said, they're and they're young. I think that uh, and and tell you the truth, Page uh, Page had a little chip on their shoulder about Nolansville in this game. They had it circled uh, because they you know, they were saying that at the beginning of the year uh, that everybody was talking about Nolansville was going to win this region, and they took it personally. Had this game circled. I was told that by multiple people. So, yeah. Um, you know, now I'm not saying that whether that, you know, locker room material has anything to do with that or not, but it, it was definitely in the minds of the page players. Yeah. yeah that's a big point of a uh, big point of pride for them. I mean, they've gone on an absolute tear to start the season. They're eight and no for the first time, I think since 1999. And you know, they're in position, they're number two ranked in the state this week. So, if we're talking about that western half of the 5A bracket, which we will actually take a look at that in our next segment, and Paige is in that discussion for sure. Yeah. Um, other game we covered Lebanon at Mount Ju or Mount Juliet at Lebanon. This one was one sided from the get go, and and Mount Juliet had one decent drive to start the game, got to midfield, and it stalled out, and that was that because Lebanon was dominant on both sides of the ball. For the rest of the night, Jalen Abston had three rushing touchdowns through for another one. They also picked up a pick six near halftime, 35 to nothing win. Lebanon's one of those teams that's kind of had a resurgence as well. And really, their defense has done a lot of good work this year, too. Um, you talked to head coach Chuck Gentry, and that's been a big 
that's been a big point of pride for them, how they're growing up on that side of the ball. And, and Jalen Abston as well, growing up into that role. He's still just a junior, too. They're going to have quite a bit coming back. Lebanon has eyes on 2022 as well, but you know, they're, they're one win away from locking up that region. Actually, they could they could win it this week if they get a little bit of help, but they'll sit out this week and just kind of wait and see. But you know, Lebanon's in a great spot because you know they're going to have a couple of home playoff games if they can keep winning. Now, they don't have to deal with Oakland in the region, but they would have to cross over with them in the postseason, but the, a great start for Lebanon as well. And in addition to page and, you know, those are two teams to keep an eye on in the postseason as we will talk about in our next segment. And before we do, we're going to do this. We usually have our player of the week and on Thursday, we changed it this week. It ended tonight on Tuesday before we recorded. And we mentioned Jake McNamara because he is our first national bank player of the week by two votes. Over Destin Wade, two measly votes. See your so, votes matter out there, folks. Yeah, yeah. Thank you all for those who voted, and thanks to First National Bank for sponsoring our Player of the Week award. We will do this every week the rest of the week of the year on Tuesday night, so you will hear about the Player of the Week in our show. And we also need to talk about another sponsor real quick: our friends at Innovate Medical. They're going to be uh, they're going to be sponsoring both our uh, fan game and our spotlight game this week. Yes, right, they Chris? are. Yes, they are. We Love have a show. huge Rutherford County flavor this week with three key region games that we will talk about and who you got. But before we do that, we're going to take a break and then we'll get into our bracket breakdown. A little bit of a preview of the playoffs, even though it's still three weeks away. But we'll do that after this. This is the Midstate 48 powered by 615 preps. Stay with us. Back here on the Mid-State 48, I want to take this segment and do a little bit of a foreshadowing to the playoffs, which will start next month. Uh, we're going to call it a, black, a bracket walkthrough of, of sorts. And for our YouTube watchers, we've got the brackets pulled up right here as they are currently lined up by the TWSAA standings in each region. And we'll start in Class 1A real quick. Um, region Region 4. It's basically four teams. They're all going to make the playoffs. Gordonsville's in there. Clay County's in there. Right now, Clay County's one, Gordonsville two. They'll play each other in week 11, and the winner will win that region and get that one seed. Scott, real quick, uh, what stands out to you in the uh, three and four crossover in 1A? Well, what what stands out to me is uh, going to be that second-round game. Uh, if things stay the way they are, that Gordonsville-South Pittsburgh game. Uh, that one stand, uh, stands to be a, a pretty pretty solid uh, matchup right there. And it really could be the other way if it is Clay County in that spot too. Right, and Gordonsville and South Pittsburgh. If Gordonsville does win that region, they could wind up facing South Pittsburgh in the quarterfinals. Now, Region 3, they, no, none of those teams have played more than two region games so far. So there's still quite a bit to shake out there in that region. So still plenty to play for in the last three weeks of the season. Um, regions five and six, Eagleville is our only team to worry about here. They're currently third place in region five. So right now they'd be traveling to Dresden as this one stands out. Uh, two, a let's go to regions three and four and, and Trousdale County and Watertown one and two. Again, they're going to face off in week 11 for that region title game. 
But the bigger change this year is now Meigs County is in the crossover with them in Region 3. They're no longer going to be a semifinal opponent. They would be a quarterfinal opponent for whoever wins this region. Yeah, and that, uh, once again, you're getting a a, a late-round playoff-caliber matchup uh, in that second round. Uh, whomever uh, draws Meigs County, yeah. uh, whether it be Watertown or Trousdale County, that, that's a game that you, uh, as you were saying, uh, would have been relegated to the semis. Uh, yeah. You know, in the past. So, yeah. And, and both teams could end up playing Mex County because whoever loses that week 11 game is going to be number two in the region and would probably be traveling to Mex County in the second round. So, a big change with, with the uh, reclassification this year, bringing that Mex County, Trousdale County potential showdown now to the quarterfinals. So, right. really, that, that's almost a state caliber championship game in round three. Right. Yeah, which is unfortunate because you want that game on Black Friday and this week and this year it's not going to happen. Yeah, right. But I mean, it it comes down to it. Uh, you very well could be looking at a, you know, things fall right at Watertown, Trousdale County, and then that uh, could happen too. So, but Watertown would have to go on the road and knock off Meigs County if these things hold up. So, still a long way to go. But that's kind of how Class Two A and those regions are shaking out. We go on to Class 3A. We'll skip the other regions at this point. In 3A, Cannon County is a story here because you know, they're in position to possibly win this region. They've still, got, uh, they've still got some time to make up ground here. Right now, they're currently third in Region 4. But you know, if things shake out, they play Giles County in Week 11, and that could be for the region title. Yeah, wow, what a difference a year makes, right? Mm-hmm. And a little bit of shakeup. And, and Cannon County has been uh, playing fairly decent of late. Um you know, Giles County still the the team, but I think Loudon is uh, really the one that everybody's going to be uh, that's going to be lurking uh, when it's all said and done. Yeah, five and six and three a a lot of mid state flavor. This one East Nashville has the number one seed in Region Five right now. White House the current number one in Region Six, and those are nearly nearly done, but East Nashville still has to play Smith County, and that would be for that region title also, I believe, it's in Week 11. Yeah, and that's that's not a foregone conclusion. Smith County's playing really well uh, about a year earlier than uh, than what a lot of people thought uh, what they might be able to do there. Coach Dyer has done a wonderful job with the Owls. Yep. Um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me to see Waverly make some noise mm-hmm. out of that top bracket at all. Yep. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of parity at this level. Yeah. Uh, and you know, if you look at that lower bracket, you know, Fairview, Smith County, White House, um, any one of those teams could, could move on. Yeah. This, uh, this could be a really fun bracket to, to see in November just because of the potential matchups and, and teams can absolutely get scorching hot in November and it go on a run and we could talk about any number of these squads doing so. And especially in three, a, when you're up, when you're on the Western half of this bracket away from Alcoa, no, we could be talking about one of these teams possibly getting to Chattanooga if they get really hot. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Over in four, a regions three and four Upperman has region four locked down. They've won that region already. Macon County's third for the moment. If they beat stone Memorial, they're going to be number two. The Cap County is at fourth right now. Same thing there. If 
they win, they'll be number two and you can get past Stone Memorial. Um, Alperman looks like the team to beat in this part of the bracket, though. Yeah, I think so. I I think uh, DeKalb is playing well. I think that they, they could see Upperman uh, again. Uh, I think they've got them this week, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but, uh, I, you know, if Macon County, if Macon County uh, finishes second, beats Stone Memorial, that DeKalb County, uh, Macon County second round game is going to be really, really interesting. Of course, still a lot of shuffling that could go on with these teams because it's a three-way tie for a second right now. So depending on how these games shake out, this this bracket could look different even next week. Mm. Look at five and six here. Uh, Montgomery Central was 7-0, lost to Tullahoma. They go from tumbling from first to third and may slide further because they still have yet to play Marshall County and Pearl Cone. Uh, Pearl Cone occupies the number two spot in Region 5 right now. So... Pearl Cone look, trying to get a home game in the playoffs because they've already lost to Oklahoma. That's a big thing for them. They've got to play Marshall County still. So yeah. does this bracket kind of shake out this way, or do, we, do you think that uh, we may see some more changes? I mean, you could see some more changes, but I, I think that uh, for all intents and purposes, when it's all said and done, those last two slots are going to be Tullahoma and Pearl Cone, yep. uh, most likely. Um, that, that would be my guess. Uh, you get a rematch there, um, of that game that Tullahoma won earlier in the year. I think Tullahoma is just playing very, very good ball right now, but I agree with you. I think Montgomery central, uh, definitely slides down. Um, you'll see, uh, you'll see Marshall County probably roll up into that third slot. Yep. Look at five, a, where a lot of intrigue still remains, uh, Region 5, Green Hill, currently your first-place team in Region 5 after, after getting a couple of big wins. Uh, right now, Station Camp, after the, they're actually number two right now because of tiebreakers. Both teams are still unbeaten in region play. They will play each other in Week 10 for that region title. There is an outside chance Mount Julia could still factor in, but they would need a lot of help to do so. Yeah. As, as region 6 goes, Page has won that region. They're number one. Columbia is going to be number two. Nolensville is going to be three in all tenths for all likelihood. And Franklin County should be fourth, barring anything weird happening in the last three weeks. That region is pretty well cut and dried at this point. Yeah, I, I think so. But uh, as far as who comes out of it, uh, that's anything but, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of possibility. The The lowest team on here, uh, you know, let's just look at uh, Wilson Central. Uh, they could – uh, provided they make it, they could, uh, you know, make a run. Uh, they, right. they have the talent there. It's just young Columbia, same way. Um, I really think it's, you know, that page station camp matchup, if it happens, uh, would be good. But, uh, and then you look there and there's that Nolensville page possibility again. Right. But then the other team that can factor into this, it's not on this list right now is Hillsboro because they are still mm-hmm. in contention and they play Wilson Central. In fact, I think they play them either this week or next week, but the winner of that game is going to be their fourth seed. Yeah, and I think that uh, that's going to go a long way. If Hillsboro uh, continues to play well, uh, you know they could up they could upset uh, somebody here really quick. I'm going to take a look and see. Uh, they are playing – see uh well it helps if you pick the right hill 
Um, anyway, yeah, it's, uh, I think that that, you know, this could go either way for a lot of these, uh, a lot of these schools. Yeah. Uh, page locked into that number one seed though. That that's a, it could be a page green Hill quarterfinal. And that would be a, a rather fun fi- a quarterfinal for them. And green Hill has a potential to, to do some stuff in the playoffs. You know, they've been, they, we were talking about them on the Nolensville plan. Well, we're, let's throw that plan out because the green Hill plan they're they're coming from behind and winning some games late and they're all after this region title right now. And they, they are planning on making some noise in five, a, in 2021 you forget the future that the future is now for them yeah you're talking about hillsborough hillsborough has uh next week mount juliet at mount juliet and then they finish the season at wilson central so that will be in a week 11 game it'll be a week 11 elimination game yes yeah because that mount juliet game for hillsborough has no consequence in them making the playoffs if they beat wilson central they're in right at this point. So, so, and, and they are, like I said, they're, they're playing much better defense, uh, than, uh, Wilson central's doing. Um, I think that they really stand a chance of winning that game. Yeah. Stay in five and go out West with region seven and eight and Springfield after their win over Henry County a couple of weeks ago, they're in that number one spot. That's a great position to be in because you don't have to travel to Memphis at all mm. in the postseason. That's a great thing. Yeah. Yeah, you look at the, how that's lined up. Um, you know, Portland, you know, Portland could give them a battle, uh, but I like, I really like Springfield to, to come out of this, uh, come out of this region. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Henry County can make it past, uh, uh, you know, Memphis Central and make it to the end yeah. to see if there's another matchup. But yeah, that's the biggest thing for me is if they can get back to the quarterfinals. They'd have to go to Springfield this time around. Springfield won that first game at at Henry County in Paris, six to three. So, right, we would expect another um, November slugfest potentially in round three and <laughs> and five A for those teams. Yeah, and and that be, that'd be a game worth seeing for sure. Yeah, over in six A, eleven. We've talked about them being number one in in Region Three. Oakland or Riverdale play in the Battle of the Borough this week. We'll talk about that one and who you got in a little bit. You know, the winner of that one is essentially is your region champion there. Riverdale does clinch if they win it. Oakland can clinch this week with a little bit of help. But this that three and four seed is where the real focus is in region four because Rockville's third and Stewart's Creek is fourth, but everything else gets sorted out this week because Blackman and Siegel still have something to say about it. Right. I mean, they're you know, like you said, you know, everything in this you know, just about everything in this uh, this region is up for grabs uh, right now. I mean, we know Oakland and Riverdale. Some, one of them is going to be one. One of them is going to be two. But everything else, I think, is and of course Lebanon is uh, without you know, barring something unforeseen, uh, Lebanon should finish uh, out uh, in the top up there. Um, but everything else is is could move around. A lot of moving parts here. Yep. Uh, and you know. And I guess the question is going to be uh, if you are a uh, if you are a third seed or a, a first or, or fourth seed on that Riverdale side, who would you rather see in that slot? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, really. You know, you got to be careful what you wish for there. Yeah. Now, there's going to be some tough matchups either way from for those region three teams when you're dealing with Riverdale and Oakland. Mm-hmm. So 
know, a lot still to, to shuffle out. But we will have a much clearer picture after this week for sure. Mm-hmm. Five and six. Hendersonville is your number one team right now in Region 5 and, and should get there with one more win to lock that region up. Beach is second. Gallatin currently fourth. But those two teams are going to play each other this week to settle some things out as well. Uh, Clarksville is your number three seed at the moment. That could certainly change. Region six, on the other hand, Kane Ridge has locked it up. Smyrna is second at the moment. Overton is third. The race is for fourth as McGavick has it, but everybody else is almost still in play for that one. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting in the next couple of weeks to see who actually comes out of there. But if you look at this region and uh, barring something, and this is my opinion and my opinion only, but I, I, I see when it's all said and done, Hendersonville and Beach meeting up again. Yeah, that could certainly see that. And the great thing about that part of the of the bracket is whoever wins that quarterfinal game is going to host a semifinal regardless of what happens in the other part of the bracket. So the way that these brackets are set up, they are predetermined by what year it is and where you are in the bracket. Region 7 and 8, Summit locked it up in Region 7. They're number one. Ravenwood is actually going to be number two regardless of what happens with Everybody else, the battle is going to be for that number for those three and four seeds. And Brentwood currently holding that three seed right now with Independence fourth. Centennial has a chance to get into that top four, but they're the only one that can. I'm, I look at this, and you know, I, um, I don't know, you know, whether I would want to finish in first or second in Region Seven. Tell you the truth, I mean, you always want to win, and I know some contain, but. Uh, I like, I, I think Ravenwood uh, can give Collierville a game. I, I just don't like the idea of somewhere down the line having to see Brentwood again. Um, you know, they're, they're always going to be tough, and beating a team in your neighborhood is always tough. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, that, you know, on one hand, hey, we won the region. On the other hand, there's a, I mean, yeah, they got to get past Germantown, but, but still, uh, you've got to get past Bartlett if you're Summit. But still, you know, Brent, you know, having Brentwood out there again is just uh, is just rough. You know, Independence uh, also another tough. Thing. This this region, this region seven and eight, this area, this uh, this section right here is very very difficult. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree slightly there because I think this is a region seven sweep. I don't think Region 8 is back to where they're ready to contend again. Like I said, they've been off for a year. I mean, they're a year behind everybody else physically and experience-wise. I think it's 2022 before Region set. Region 8 is back competitive again. I could be wrong, but I think Region 7 sweeps. I just That's just my two cents on that one. I, I certainly understand that, and and I could, I could see it. I, I honestly could. I just... I think that, uh, you know, a couple of these teams are still, you know, they're still going to be kind of tough. I mean, yeah, they are. But I think that Region 7 is, is better across the board in those top oh. four spots. Oh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely, I think they are. Moving on to Division Two single A. Uh, right now, on the top half, you've got USJ and DCA in the buys and as the leaders in their perspective regions. Columbia Academy, fourth in the middle region. The Division II single-A playoff bracket is is weird. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense <laughs> unless you just look at it on paper. 
but we'll try to make some sense of it. Friendship Christian right now would have a home game against Trinity Christian mm-hmm. as the third seed out of the East region. In the bottom half, wow. Middle Tennessee Christian is your number one seed out of the East. We get a first round bye. Franklin Grace, Nashville Christian, they would have home games in their respective brackets. So, you know, who's still a lot number, to play for from state. Who's number one in the middle region? That would be DCA. DCA, okay. Yep. All right. That's a, I was looking at that and seeing where that uh, that uh, in uh, Nashville Christian uh, might see them. That would be uh, that, right now the way the bracket looks. It would be the championship game. And what a championship game that would be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, DCA has seen, possibly DCA Friendship Christian round two. That's, that's what I was looking at. And, uh, you know, you can't sleep on Friendship Christian when it gets into uh, in, into the playoffs for certain. Right. Yep. Um, but looking, uh, looking over this, we'll it looks go back like. To, go back to the West, though. USJ is still probably the, the, the main threat to everybody. And I don't know that they don't have the easiest route to the semifinals right now, just to be completely honest. Oh, I think, I, I think that, uh, I, I see where that, that would, you know, where you would think that. And, and I don't whoever comes out of that DCA friendship, Christian part of the bracket would have to go on the road to USJ in the semifinals. They couldn't host the way oh, the bracket set up. Yeah, that's right. So that's right. That That's Still, the only tough part about that for them. Yeah. And of course, Nashville Christian doesn't, they don't get a buy, but I don't know that that's not a bad thing. Um, you know, it, it's, you know, sometimes that layoff is, is not good for you. Yeah. And, you know, you're at home in that first game. You, you win against Lakewood, uh, Lakewood Christian, you're home again before mm-hmm. you have to go. Uh, if you win that on the road. Yeah. Um, so, and, and if, if Middle Tennessee Christian is indeed the number one seed out of the East, it wouldn't be a long road trip for Nashville Christian. It wouldn't be a terrible bus ride. So no, no. not a big deal there for, for their semi potential semifinal game division two, double a right now. It's all about, it's really all about CPA and Lipscomb Academy as we've talked about and Lipscomb right now would not have a first round by they'd be going, they'd be hosting Notre Dame in that first round. If you look at the bottom half, CPA would have that first round by depending on tiebreakers, but Again, that game in two weeks will decide whether they stay the same or whether Lipscomb Academy gets that region and gets that first round by. So it's a big deal there to get that first round by for these teams just to get that leak off. But like you said, maybe not. Yeah. I'm looking down there at Davidson Academy and wondering if, uh, you know, if they can make a run. Um, you know, and we'll get into some of that in, in who you got. Uh but to the top half for just a second yeah. because I want to mention BGA and FRA as well. Right. BGA third in the middle region. Right now they'd be hosting Chattanooga Christian. FRA would be on the road at Silverdale, which would be a tough draw. And isn't that something that I, if things worked out, it could be BGA hosting Lipscomb Academy. No, that would that would not be the case because you, you are seated still. If you're if you're in the same region, the higher seat hosts. Oh, okay. Good. The only as way, as the way it should be marked. We've got these marked as the homes home team if they're in different regions. Ah, uh, okay. So, well, that uh, that that's much better. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, these Division Two brackets, they need to clean them up a little bit as far as how many teams they let go because it's it's yeah. some confusion there. 
boy, that buy team is really good. They're all over the place. They're all over the place. They really are. They really are. <laughs> Let's get Triple A in here real quick to finish it off. Uh, right now, the buys are going to Macaulay, Ensworth, MBA, and Briarcrest Christian in Triple A. Brentwood uh, Academy right now as your third seed out of the West would host Father Ryan. Yeah, and then the winner uh, gets NBA. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. Good luck. Good luck. Yeah. yeah, they changed this back last year. Last last couple of years, it's been only eight teams going to the playoffs in Division II AAA. They changed it to every team goes every team. In the, in, again this year. So those first two seeds get the first-round buys, which make those late-season games a little more appealing. Yeah, I'm looking I'm, – I'm wondering about uh, – you know how Innsworth would stack up. I, I think that Knoxville Catholic game would be a good game. I'm wondering how they would stack up against Macaulay. You know, provided both of them get there. Right. Macaulay's just Macaulay's just tough. Yep, yep, for sure. And one quick look again at the bottom half, where Baylor is fourth in the East and could do some damage. You know, Briarcrest Christian number one in the West, but uh, still anybody's game in in, in Division Two AAA. So we'll see how those shake out as we get toward Chattanooga. Um, good look at the brackets because it, you always want to go ahead and see kind of how things are starting to shake out. And with three weeks left, a lot of that can still change, but always nice to have an idea of what you might be seeing in come November. Yeah. Gives you something to look at and uh, kind of figure out where you are. Yep. Let's take a break and then we'll come back with who you got and close the show out after this on the Mid-State 48, powered by 615 Prep. Stay with us. Back here on the Mid-State 48, uh, it's that time of the show where we try to tell you who's going to win some of the best games of the week. We call it Who You Got. Bringing our board, new leader in the clubhouse, and Tom gets to claim first place for at least a week after a 9-1 and week last week. Wasn't a bad week for everybody. We all won at least seven or eight games except for him, but uh, for him to take first place. And since he's not here, I will be I will be uh, receiving the award in his stead. <laughs> by, by proxy, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. See what you did uh, there. Yeah. And Reggie had to told you so because he told us about Levin and beating Mount Juliet last week. So what do you think? Five, five, five told you so calls. And he is making a bit of a run trying to get out of the basement too. So uh, we'll see how those work out. Let's get to – a look at last week's picks real quick. Not a ton of red on this screen. We all, most of us missed Ensworth against NBA and Drake missed Nolensville mm-hmm. over against Page. Um, you and I had Gordonsville beating Charleston County. That didn't work out either. No, no it didn't. Um, Great. Reggie took Wilson Central and lost that one against Station Camp. But then we just talked about Lebanon over Mount Juliet, which he gets that green vote. Yeah. I That Gordonsville Charleston County game was a, was a, Outstanding game. Yeah, it was. It was one, one of the best ones of the week for sure. Let's no, get to week nine. Uh, Blackman and Rockville will start us off. Uh, we're going to go quick in this one because we're running against some overtime. Blackman and let's see. Tom and Scott take Blackman, and the rest of us have Rockville. So it's going to be an interesting one of the Vale this week. Yeah, uh, truthfully, I just looked over Blackman, and you look at the teams that they've lost to, the, the combined record is like 25 and 2. So I, I think that Blackman uh, may have it to uh, to uh, to get out there, 
but it was really tight for me to make that decision. But I think that they'll get out early and uh, make Rockville play from behind. This this one was a fairly easy one for me. I think Rockville's just playing really good football right now, and Blackman's defense hasn't been able to stop anybody. And the Rockets are on a mission to get that first ever playoff bid, and, and this may be the week they block that thing up. Davidson Academy, good pasture. It's across the board. Davidson Academy for everybody. Uh, close neighborhood game, too. We, these two teams haven't played each other much, but just a couple of miles down the road. So this ought to be fun, at least, to get those two teams together for a region game. But, uh, we're all taking the Bears this week. Yeah, I think the Davidson Academy, uh, you know, they have that dreaded uh, run where they've lost three straight games. I think they get right this week. Yep. Gallatin at Beach, same deal there. We're all on the home team this time with the Buccaneers over the Green Wave. This one will lock up second for Beach in their region if they win it. Uh, Gallatin in, in a position to make the playoffs, but they really could use a good showing here. Beach looked awfully strong against Springfield last week. Yep. Mount Julia Christian at DCA. Mount Julia Christian scored 67 points last week, but lost, believe it or not, to Sale Creek, 74-67. Got to be a little tougher this time, and we're all taking DCA as a result of that. Yep. That's, yeah, it's going to be tough. Yep. Nashville Christian at Columbia Academy. We are all on Nashville Christian this week. Uh, Eagles are flying high right now, and we all are, are going to take them over Columbia Academy in that contest. Overton and Laverne, a key game in their region for, for Overton to possibly still have a shot at an outside chance at number two. And Drake's taking Laverne, but the rest of us are on the Bobcats. Yeah, I like uh, I like Overton here. I like what Coach Broom's done uh, uh, with the the Bobcats uh, this year. Um, you know, they played a good uh, a very good Cane Ridge team tough last week, and I I, I think they've got uh, what it takes to win this one. The only non-region game on our list this week is Portland at Station Camp, and Reggie's going for that for that carrot with Portland, but we're all taking Station Camp and the rest of it, so. Kind of hard to beat that defense that running game Station Camp has, although Portland is playing a much, much better brand of football than they have in uh, past years. The other region game in that Rutherford County region that matters is Siegel at Stewart's Creek because Stewart's Creek is also trying to put themselves in the postseason, and we all think they will. Yeah, I think that Coach Caudill is going to have his guys right this week. Another key region game, Westmoreland at East Robertson. The winner here, possibly getting that number three seed. We're a little bit split. Tom has Westmoreland. The rest of us have East Robertson over the Eagles in this one. And Westmoreland started off poor, but you know they, they did get a win in a region game over White's Creek and puts them in position to make the postseason. East Robertson wants that number three seed for sure, though. Yeah, and I this was really tough. I almost went Westmoreland in this game. I'm kind of surprised that uh, Tom was the only one to pick them. I, Westmoreland's defense is playing pretty good ball right now. Um, you know, I, I just any team with Taylor Groves on it, uh, that's kind of what gave me the edge. Yeah. And finally, Riverdale, Oakland of the Battle of the Borough. Four of us are on Oakland. We give Reggie the honors of having the last pick. Here he goes. All right. Who will he choose? It looks like he's going after Riverdale. Oh, now he's taking a look at Oakland. Which one? Which one is he going to take a bite of? Is a question. He's going to go into diva mode here. <laughs> he's a he's a drum king. Plenty of suspense though. 
Yeah, he knows how to play it. Uh, look at him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Back to make him wait a little longer. Well, I always I go through this whenever he's picking. I think uh, that he's made a decision. Yeah. It's the Oakland Patriots. Reggie selects the Oakland Patriots. The most dramatic one he's had this year, though. At least there was some intrigue to it. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, he he actually uh, – I thought for sure he's going to walk straight over to Riverdale, and then he, he put his nose to it and went over to, to Oakland. He thought, okay, about but, he thought about it, though, so he's given Riverdale at least a little bit of thought here. Yeah, yeah. And and so did I. Um, that you know, I need to make up some ground. I really thought about taking Riverdale here, just to, <laughs> but on the other hand, I don't want to get down in double digits either. Right. Let's review these real quick on Blackman and Rockvale. Scott, you and Tom have Blackman. The rest of us have Rockvale. We have all taken Davidson Academy, Beach, DCA, and Nashville Christian to win their respective games. Drake is on Laverne. The rest of us are on Overton. Reggie has Portland. The rest of us have Station Camp. We're all on Stewart's Creek to win. Tom has Westmoreland over East Robertson, and the rest of us are on the Indians in that game. And all five of us picked Oakland over Riverdale. So a lot of uh, a lot of similar picks this week. We really don't have that a lot. Well, no, but uh, you know, as as we kind of get down towards the end of the season, we kind of get a better idea of what teams are are what who they are, and uh, you know, there's always that twist to it. But still, it's you know, as you go along through the season, you know, we're more and more seeing, you know, similar things. Yeah. And some different teams involved this week with a lot of teams out for fall break. So yeah, good to get some new blood in there for at least for a week or so. And then next week we'll have a lot of region games come back up. Um, we got to get it out of here real quick. Uh, time for one last word. We're going to do it a little differently this week. Scott, the last word is all yours. Oh, uh, Briefly, um, last week I had the opportunity to go to Nolansville and Page, and I'll, and as much as the football game was a show, the biggest show was the band uh, and the flag personnel and things like that. And and we tend to forget from time to time that there are other uh, there are other things outside of the football game that are just as much as part of the pageantry, uh, you know, the homecoming activities and things like that. The bands take pride in what they do. Uh, the great thing that I saw is I saw student sections staying in their seats, uh, applauding for the bands, uh, you know, supporting uh, those students uh, and the hard work that they put in it. Uh, the precision was amazing, both Nolansville and Page, and they weren't the only ones that I've seen this year. I've seen some other bands as well, um, and I just you know when you're in the in the at the game. Uh, you know, maybe don't get in such a hurry to go to the concession stand. Stay and watch the bands and watch these kids uh, uh, play and watch these kids do what they do because, you know, they're athletes in their own way. And trust me, it will enhance your experience tenfold. Good stuff. Well done. Well said. Um, can't echo that anymore. Uh, yeah, we, we see teams like – Pro Coney's National put their bands in the field. There are other, a lot of others that have great bands too. There's, it's yeah. always a, it's always a treat to see some of these bands go and kick it and, and do what they do and, and really put on a show. So, and, and 20 minutes is, is a good show for, for two bands to put on. 
every halftime. So, yeah, stick around and enjoy it. All right, that's all we got. Let's get out of here and get ready for week number nine. Enjoy the games this weekend. Please stay dry. I hope it doesn't rain. We'll, but if it doesn't, we'll be great. If it does, we'll still be great, and we'll see you next week. Have a good week. The Mid-State 48, powered by 615 Preps, is a production of B-Squared Media, LLC.